Hey everybody, this is Father John Ricardo with Acts 29, and in the middle of all the craziness and the uncertainty that's going on right now, it seems from our perspective as a team that it's worth using these days to reflect in a more deliberate way on the scriptures every day, which for many of us now is the only spiritual food that we're receiving. And so we're going to do a special podcast series simply entitled, Be Not Afraid, God's Word in Uncertain Times. And we'll try to post something every day, usually reflecting on the scriptures so that we can listen in on what God is trying to say to us in these days. A day that we will all hopefully see, and soon, what is justice, and what do you and I owe God? Those are the three things that come to mind today, March 20th, Friday, as I reflect on the day of the week, what's going on in the world that we're living in, and the scriptures that the church puts before us here today. So first, a day that we will all hopefully see and soon. I know right now the news is talking about encouraging reports of potential vaccines or remedies or antibodies or whatever the case might be to bring a solution to the spread of this pandemic, the coronavirus. But imagine, if you will, that while all that's taking place, it's all attributable to one person, just a man or a woman. Imagine if today, as we're driving home from work, although most of us aren't driving home from anywhere, imagine as you're sitting in your living room or in the kitchen and you're preparing dinner tonight, the news comes across that a solution has been found and it's been found by this person, this man or this woman. That person's name would be known by everybody. She or he would be on every major news show. Their name would be plastered all over the front page of every newspaper. Um, They'd be the person of the year in Time magazine. And all of that would be uh, not only appropriate, it would be right. It would be just, we could say. So what's justice? We're a world that's often hung up on justice. The ancients used to define justice, and we continue, I think, to define justice in this way. Justice is a habit whereby a person renders to each one his or her due with constant and perpetual will. In other words, Joseph Pieper in his book, The Cardinal Virtues, he says, justice is the idea that each person is to be given what is his due. This is why, for example, we care for the poor or the homeless or the unborn or the man or the woman in hospice, or the homeless person. Why why do we care at all about those people? Because each of those people has been created in the image and the likeness of God, or the way we put it in our Declaration of Independence. They have been endowed with inalienable rights by their creator. And what is deserving, or what they deserve, I should say, what they're due, what they're entitled to, is dignity, respect, care. That's what justice is. So let me just ask the question, so what does God do? What does he justly deserve? What should you and I be rendering to him and how appropriate I think it is to ask this question on a Friday? Friday is not the beginning of the weekend, although it might be. Friday for Christians for the world, quite frankly, should be the day when you and I call to mind 
what it is that God did for us. Why is that so important? Because while we might find a cure, and please God, we will soon, for the coronavirus, there is no cure for death. And there is no cure for sin written with a capital S. What happened to our race is we all got infected at the beginning of our story. We actually, the church would teach us, sold ourselves into slavery. Our parents did, our first parents did, Adam and Eve, when they rebelled against God. And the result of that is that we became uh, subject to powers that we have no remedy against on our own. What are those powers? Death, sin, hell, the devil. And there's no way out, or there would have been no way out unless God had done something. But he did. This is why God became a man. So Friday is so special for us as Christians and should be so special for us as the world for an exponentially greater reason than we would herald the name of the man or the woman who comes up with the cure for the coronavirus because this was the day when something was done about death and the human race was freed from its power. In the words of the psalm today, in Psalm 81, in distress you called, God says, and I rescued you. What is the thing we most need to be rescued for? What is what is the last enemy, according to Scripture? Huh? It's death, written with a capital letter, a capital D. And the only one who has a remedy to that, the only one who has the antidote to that, is God. And out of his extraordinary love for us, God has done something about death. We talk a lot here in Acts 29 as we continue to try to help people acquire a biblical worldview about how important it is to understand Jesus in his totality. What do I mean by that? I think a lot of people, especially a lot of men, have this image of Jesus that he's, well, he's kind and he's gentle and he's loving and he's patient and he's merciful and he's all those things. I mean, don't get me wrong. By all means, he is, and that's a great thing, or I, for one, would be toast, and quite frankly, so would you. But Jesus is not just kind, and he's not just loving, and he's not just gentle, and he's not just patient. Jesus is Lord, and he's utterly unconquerable. And today, on Friday, in the middle of all that's going on with this virus and the pandemic that's causing so much anxiety and fear in our world, it's worth asking again, what was Jesus doing on the cross? And the church has answered this in three ways. He was showing us how much God loves us. He was making atonement for us. And he was going to war. All those things are legit. Usually we only hear one or the other of those, though. We don't hear all three. We often hear on the cross, God is showing us or Jesus is showing us how much the Father loves us. And that's true by all means. Blessed be God, right? So, you know, God so loved the world, John 3.16 says, that he sent his only begotten son so that we might not perish but might have everlasting life. Is that true? Absolutely. But it's not all that Jesus was doing on the cross. He wasn't just showing us how much God loves us, although he was. He was doing more than that. 
The second thing he was doing on the cross is he was making atonement for us. He was making us right with God. He was carrying the guilt of all of the sins, not just of humanity in its entirety, but of all of my sins, all of your sins. He was paying the price for them, if you will. So St. Paul says in his letter to the Corinthians, um, God made him, Jesus, to be sin who knew no sin so that in him you and I become, we might become the righteousness of God. On the cross, Jesus is showing us how serious sin is. I remember somebody said uh, after they saw the movie, The Passion of the Christ, as, as they were reflecting on the movie, they just asked the question, if that's the remedy, then what is the wound? So we're talking right now about how contagious this virus is, and it is, and how serious it is, and it is. But the real virus is sin. And God is showing us how serious sin is by what it is that he undergoes on the cross. But he's not just showing us how serious it is, he's making atonement for us. That's the second thing Jesus is doing on the cross. But the third thing Jesus is doing on the cross is Jesus is going to war to rescue us. God became a man so as to fight for us. C.S. Lewis in Mere Christianity says that Christianity is the story of how the king has landed, you might say, he says, landed in disguise as a man. Why? To go to war against those powers that you and I can't compete against. Not the coronavirus, but death and sin and Satan. And Jesus on the cross, though it doesn't look this way, I know that because as you look at Jesus on a cross and you see a naked man nailed to a tree, crowned with thorns, scourged almost to the point of death, it looks like this is just happening to him pretty clearly, right? Except you got to ask yourself, who is that who's hanging on the cross? This is God. This is the one through whom and for whom a universe that's 46 billion light years across was made. You can't nail that God to a cross. Where would you possibly get that nail? There's only one way for God to be on a cross. He has to want to be there. Not only to show us how much the Father loves us, and not only to make atonement for us for our sins, but also so as to go to war to rescue us. Because Jesus in his death and then in his glorious resurrection is rescuing us, delivering us, freeing us, liberating us from those things that hover over and haunt our race. And it's because of that that God is due all that he is due. If we're going to honor the person who finds a cure for the coronavirus, then infinitely more should you and I make it a point every day, with every breath we take, to honor and to thank the God who not only created us, but has delivered and rescued us from death and from sin. That's why Friday is unlike any other day. That's why we owe God everything. That's why Jesus tells us in the gospel, the first commandment is to love the Lord with all your heart, all your mind, all your soul, 
and all your strength, not as some attempt to try to appease some distant arbitrary deity, but in response to what God has already done for you and for me. So perhaps today, sometime before we go to bed, let's find a way to put ourselves in front of a crucifix. Either stand there, sit there, kneel there, do something. Just focus your attention. Look at all that Jesus is undergoing, willingly taking on for you and for me. And tell him how grateful you are. Tell him how much you love him. Thank him for his love for you. And ask him, Lord, give me a greater desire to love you in response for all you've done. And then let that love flow out of me onto all those that I meet this day. And then, mindful of all that's going on, see what's happening as an opportunity to share the gospel with people and to tell them God has provided a remedy, a vaccine, an antidote far more important for us than the one for the coronavirus. He's provided the vaccine for death. Because of that, do not be afraid. This God is with you. You were born for this. Mm-hmm.